was excellent clapping. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome. This is episode number 22 of the Recovery Lab podcast series. I'm Drew Hassan. I'm Daniel Anderson. Uh, we're joined today with Daniel Awabadi. That's that hey, right? Yeah, it. absolutely. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, we had a pronunciation discussion right before we started. It's a very unique name. It is. I love it that is. name. Uh, so the general intro is the same. We need y'all support. We appreciate y'all support. You can go to recoverylabllc.com and buy some of the swankiest hoodies I've ever seen. Yeah, they're, i got to say, they are pretty incredible. They I mean, are. I'm not one to boast and brag, but they are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like Dizzy Dean said, it ain't bragging if you can do it. I mean, they're good looking. Uh, we also have some awesome hats now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if the interest is significant enough, we can order more. Uh, it's pretty comfortable, honestly. Uh, so, on a more serious note, we certainly do appreciate anybody's donations or buying a hoodie or buying a hat. Uh, we also want your involvement, uh, you know, some emotional and mental capital involvement. Comment, give us some tips, suggest uh, uh, additional guests to be on the podcast. If you've got some constructive criticism, offer it up. We're certainly here and uh, willing to listen to anything that's profitable. Absolutely. Uh, so, I th oh yeah, and then if you have any information that could be beneficial to anybody in the recovery community at large, if you know of a treatment center, uh, faith-based, 12-step, that has scholarships available or beds available, please comment, let people know, spread that awareness. If you have a resource that can help people get into treatment centers or get to them, certainly let people know, uh, and then... The other example I usually give is you can get free Narcan lots of places. Nobody needs to die from an overdose because you made a bad decision. You can go to Ended for Good, uh, Angela Mallet, and Christina Dent's place. You can find them on Facebook. They have a network of free Narcan. Usually, uh, Mr. Moore at Mr. Moore's Bike Shop in Hattiesburg gives out Narcan. He's a great man. Uh, the Pines in Columbus, I heard, had it. There's a host of other places. So don't die just because you made a stupid mistake. Absolutely. And let me touch on one more thing also. There's some pretty exciting stuff with Recovery for America now. Uh, it's an organization that uh, the Recovery Lab is uh, kind of partnering with. Uh, we're going we're gonna to try to help them out. They, what they do is they fight for um, uh, funds, basically, to treat people, uh, to, to allow folks to go and get long-term treatment if they need it. Um, so it, they're, they're doing great things. You'll, you'll hear much more about that in the coming weeks. Um, and, uh, you can check them out at, uh, to donate to them. You can uh, check them out at recovery for America.org. And, uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky also is on their board. Um, and they're just doing wonderful things. So we're Absolutely. excited to, to get and get, get up with them. So check them out. Check them out. Definitely. All right. Without further ado, Daniel Wabdi, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. thanks for coming, man. No Look, I'm I'm really glad to finally met you face to face. Uh, we have a mutual friend, and I think I've spoken to you on the telephone a time or two. The first time I called, it was a little bit like, "Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. What's he up to?" Uh, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you do in the community and uh, how you came to be as awesome as you are. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think of it that way. But so yeah, I grew up in um, Madison, Mississippi, uh, and uh, just go to my testimony. So at a very young age, sixteen, I started using drugs and alcohol. I think I did cocaine in less than six months of experiment. And I was immediately 
booked. I was immediately. There was no question in your mind that it was a fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fun thing to do. Um, It's addictive because it feels good. Right. Yeah. Feel good. Pleasure. I mean, it was just, it was there. Um, After the 22 years of addiction that I went through, um, which turned into a bondage uh, on my life um, and coming to a place where I'm now recovering and delivered. Um, I really saw the root of it. It was loss of identity, insecurity. Uh, I grew up in Madison, Mississippi, uh, the only Palestinian I knew. So half the people were white, half the people were black. And so I had an insecure uh, part of me. And so I was reaching for something, for identity. And that's what did it. Um, so I opened up a door for drugs and alcohol. It turned into a criminal mindset, which turned into a 22-year stretch. Um, it was tough. I mean, I damaged a lot of family. Uh, I damaged a lot of people around me. Did a lot of things to go to jail. Um, I was arrested forty something times. Trip <laughs> prison. Isn't that forty? Uh, that 40 is something. so awesome, man. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I love that you're here yep. now. Yeah. God. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. In but the last portion of my life uh, of addiction, God opened up a door for me. I was in prison in Texas. I kept hearing this class called Overcomers, which is a 12-step faith-based recovery, kind of like Celebrate Recovery, um, but it's called Overcomers. And uh, I was inquisitive to get out of my cell, out of my place. Um, I didn't want to really care about the Overcomers. But when I got there, the guy who was speaking um, was speaking about God and how God transformed his life. And I was, I was real drawn to him. And I didn't know at that moment that that was the Lord opening up my heart, the Holy Spirit kind of drawing me to him. And after the class, he walked straight up to me. And he said, man, God's got something special for you. And I was like, just out of pride and hopelessness, I said, well, what did you do to change your life? And he said, I went to Care Center Ministries 20 years ago, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray pray for you that God opens up a door. And so he laid hands and prayed on me. And it was a, it was just an experience that I had separate from reality. I, I, it was the Holy Spirit just drawing me. He left. I went back to my cell, and everything became real again. I was, I was facing, I had like 39 days left in prison in Texas. I had a parole violation on a bank robbery charge out of uh, Hines County that I violated everything to violate. I never reported, never paid my fines, left the state and caught more felonies. I had a prescription forgery charge that I bonded out on at a ranking county on a $50,000 bond. So I got extradited back to Hines County and I got there and they threw me in a holding cell. I didn't have a shower for about 10 days. I had no mat, half a blanket, no socks, no underwear. And they wouldn't answer the button. I did everything for the guards to open the door. Nothing took place. And on, like, it was either the ninth or 11th day, got a knock on the door, and it was a sheriff's department. And they indicted me with 11 more felonies and indicted me under the big habitual. Uh, and so it was it. I was broken. I had no one to call. had ruined every uh, portion of relationship that I had. And uh, I was truly broken on the inside. I looked over. It, it should be. We should take. Yeah, I hate to interrupt you. But we must. People, people should know what the habitual offender uh, statutes say. So tell everybody what that means. Yes, yeah, it's uh, twenty-five mandatory to life. So uh, the way it works is, if you've been naughty, and you have one or two, if you have three felonies, your three fourth, strikes, right? Your three fourth strikes. one, you get it's a it, it's a sentence enhancement. So it's like okay, uh, and there's a big hubbub about this, like people you know, committed some felonies, and then all of a sudden they steal a golf car, a golf club that happens to be worth more than $500, and they end up in life in prison because of a, you know, a golf club. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, so the, 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 they call it the big bitch, the, the big habitual uh, offender 
uh, statute requires 25 to life. Yeah, any, anything you get, 25 to life is mandatory. Okay. No parole. So how are you here? Right. Yeah, and that's that's the, the goodness of God. So in that moment, um, I turned around, and there was an old beat-up Bible in the cell. And so I reached for it, and as soon as I reached for it, just in my One brain, of those just, locked up? One of those, yeah, one of those Bibles, just paper Bibles, uh, jail Bibles, and I reached for it and grabbed it. And uh, out of my brokenness, didn't even open it, and God spoke to me and said, Daniel, I love you. And then I always heard about the gospel. I always heard about the good news of Jesus. Um, but having that meet me at my worst and then saying that to me, I understood the reality of the love of Christ. I understood that it had nothing to do with my sin, had nothing to do with my mistakes, but had everything to do with his love. And so something came alive inside of me. I wasn't a pastor the next day. I wasn't some holy roller the next day, but something came alive in me. Um, and then God started opening up doors. In less than about two years, I ended up at Care Center Ministries in Dallas. Um, the parole violation got dropped because I was in jail for a year prior to that. And so the judge miraculously dropped all my 10 years of parole. Uh, the 11 uttering forgery charges, I came on July 13th, which that was the same year they changed the, the Mississippi uh, law statute of, of forgery charges, and so the majority of them turned into uh, misdemeanors other than five, and they remanded five to the file. And gave wow. Me, they gave me three years unsupervised probation. Uttering forgery is the name you get for, like, uh, forging checks. Right. Okay. I don't know if that's what you did, but... Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, thousands of dollars. And then um, the prescription forgery charge out of Rankin County that I didn't report on that, that, that bond, had bonded out on, they didn't, Rankin County didn't pick me up, so Hines County let me out. And uh, I ended up going to the hospital. My dad was in the hospital, and I was praying to God, what do you want me to do? And uh, my brother called me, and he said, hey, man, I think you need to go to Dallas. And then my dad sat up out of his... Uh, out of his chair, he was getting his foot amputated from diabetes, and he goes, man, I think you need to go to Dallas. So I went to Dallas, um, ended up getting arrested one more time for a stolen vehicle, and then that's when... Like uh, you did another new crime? Another new crime. Okay. Didn't <laughs> another new hadn't crime. learned your lesson yet. yet. No, I wasn't, done. I, wasn't, I wasn't there yet. And so, yeah, relapsed when I got there, and then I sent a letter into Care Center Ministries less than five days. They came to visit me in Dallas County Jail, and then the judge sentenced me... Um, court ordered me to care center ministries one year i still had that prescription uh, forgery charge in county but they didn't pick me up so i entered into the program and that's where everything changed all right so let's we we must get some background okay so usually folks don't just jump into drugs in the life of crime so let's let's start at the very beginning when you were a child when you were before you could even remember what what were the events that that took place, was there any trauma? Was there any, um, you know, outside forces that were directing um, this, what I would consider a shame spiral, basically, which can cause us to do crazy things and act crazy? Were there any things, was, was there anything in your life that, that really was a turning point or something large that happened, a, 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 a death, a, something traumatic? Was there something that happened in your childhood growing up to that, that kind of helped you to ease into this life of crime? I would say no in a sense of trauma, 
Um, I had good parents. Um, I'd say what was lacking was a foundation of, of Christ. There was, Tell there, us about that. Yeah, so there wasn't. My, my, my mom's a believer, uh, but we didn't go to church actively on Sunday. There wasn't stories about the Bible. There wasn't your identities in Christ. There was, it was just, you know, here so in America. So you knew that everyone thing. believed, but there was no, like, active. Substance, no right. foundation. And so, and then I was, um, yeah, I just I opened up a door to it. Um, the popular crowd, the people, and I immediately became hooked. And so for 22 years, um, I knew I wasn't supposed to be in that. But at the same time, I never gave God access to be Lord of my life. Sure. I, I, I wanted to figure it out on my own. I wanted to move to a place to get it right. I wanted to try the 20 different places I went to to get it right. Of course. I wanted to have the relationship that I needed to have to get it right, or the job I needed to have to get it right. Uh, and that wasn't the case. And so God intervened in my life, and I understood that making him Lord uh, didn't put me in recovery, but delivered me um, from addiction. So now I can say you know, I'm not. There's no strings attached to it. Right, absolutely. And so, yeah. So pretty pretty normal childhood growing yeah, up. And yeah. then, okay. All right, so you're in Dallas, and I can tell from my own life, I agree with this going somewhere. I call it getting out of your epicenter of poor choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I mean, it was good for me uh, when I went to, I went to a faith-based place in Loosedale. Our friend may have told you about it. It's almost just like Teen Challenge. It's called the City of Refuge. Okay. Uh, but anyway, but it was good for me to be away from here. Right. All right. So you're in Dallas and you're you stole that car. <laughs> stole that car. Wanna, yeah. Isn't it amazing how we're so it. willing to double it. down on our misery? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's yeah. You're amongst friends here, my yeah. friend. All right. So you're in Dallas and. You're exposed to something, and the Holy Spirit works away in you, and you make some realizations, and then what happened? I mean, when I was in jail. Oh, I thought I, I thought we were at the point where oh, you went yeah, to CARES. Yeah, when I, yeah. So okay, so that yeah, I sat in jail nine months, got released for that jail, charge. For, for that the, charge. Okay. Yeah. So they picked me up, and there was a there was a work inside of me in those nine months. I kind of released my uh, jail mentality, prison mentality, all the hustle in jail, and all that gambling that I used to do because I was, I was at, when I was gone, I was gone full-time gambler, full-time drug addict, full-time, cr- you know, criminal fighting, all that stuff. And so I kind of released it all and I was settled and uh, I kind of had a relationship with God in my heart, just speaking to him at night, you know, reading the word a little bit. And then when I got to care center, uh, man, it was, it was amazing. That's, that was the whole center that was the foundation of God. They worship every morning. There's classes every morning. It's a discipleship program. And then the people that are running it and that are part of it went through the same things I went through. And now living a life for Christ, family established, you know, full-time ministry. Um, and so it was amazing. My second month there, I'll kind of fast forward how I got here. My second month there in worship, I was worshiping God, broken before him, thankful that I wasn't in prison, thankful that I had this opportunity. And then he spoke to me again. He said, Care Center Ministries, Mississippi. And I remember that was in 2016. I went and wrote it down in my journal because I used to write everything, the Holy Spirit or what God would say to me. And then I stayed the course there for three years, which is a process, a discipleship program. So it's not In like, Dallas? In Dallas, okay. yeah. That's, that's where it founded. Pastor Elder Troyer is the founder. Where, where is it? I, I grew up in Dallas. It's in Pleasant Grove right now. So okay. it started in East, in the Grove. East Dallas, but now it's yeah, in the yeah. Grove. The men's home is in Wills Point. They have 22 acres, a commercial property. The women's home is in Pleasant Grove. And then okay. the Hilltop Church is in Pleasant Grove. And awesome. so yeah, we would travel from Wills Point back. 
Um, yeah, but God put it in my heart and, and, and said Care Center Ministries Mississippi and then put a burden in my heart. And that didn't exist at the time, right? Didn't exist at the Is time. It, was, was Care Center, was it, did it start in Dallas or were there other? Yeah, it started, Care Center started in Dallas in the 80s. Okay. Um, actually in Rockwall, Texas, Church on the Rock. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, when, yeah. When that revival took place, right, my right. pastor um, became an addict to heroin at the age of 14. Um, his father walked out on him. His mother grew up on a welfare check. Him and his two best friends became heroin addicts. One died, got shot by the Dallas police. One's in life in TDC, Texas Department of Corrections Absolutely. for a life sentence. And he was just kind of like a running around thug for, you know, 14 years, had an overdose. They rolled him up in a carpet, threw him out, and he came to himself, and he finally kind of shook off. And he, the only number he knew to call for help was a Christian that went to that church in Rockwell, Texas. So him and his two kids that he had with him went there. And then that's how his life got transformed. And then he got sent out and started this ministry, which is now multiplying. We have a ministry in Memphis, okay. we have one in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Ava, Missouri, and we're launching one in Oklahoma next month. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're you're in charge of the, the Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, that's amazing. So when did y'all open? Uh, February 2nd of 2019. Exactly three-year stay. I stayed in Dallas in the program. Graduated their internship program. I got sent out here in 2019. All right, let's tell people a little bit about what CARES is. Yeah. Care Center Ministry. So we started here with the RACE program. The RACE program is the men's faith-based program. It's a one-year faith-based discipleship program where guys can come in who are addicted, any kind of life control issue, broken, homeless, on parole, probation. You don't have to have money or insurance to enter in the program. Um, we do have two disqualifications. You can't be a registered sex offender mm-hmm. or on bipolar or schizophrenia medication. Um, but they come in at their lowest, and it's an opportunity. And so it is a discipleship program, um, but we do present the gospel to them. Uh, you know. Now, when, when, when you, you've said this discipleship program, I, for, for those that aren't in the know, what exactly does that mean? Structured, um, accountability. What does that look like? Classes? Yeah, classes. So guys get up early in the morning. What time do they get up? Um, 4.55. Okay. Uh, beds are made. <laughs> That's awesome. Beds are made by 5.15. Um, they're all pretty unanimous at 5.30's breakfast, five minutes till 6. Everybody's seated in the classroom setting. At 6 o'clock, we have a five to 10-minute word on praise and worship and why worship and praise is important. Then we go into worship, corporate worship for an hour. We put on videos and worship, and guys can – Pray and engage and pour out their heart, whatever they need to do through praise and worship. Just connect. Connect with God. And then at 7 o'clock, we turn the music off. We do corporate prayer. So we pray about specific needs individually, corporate needs as a ministry, what we're believing God for in the city or our family. And then we go, we'd have a 30-minute word that someone brings towards them, just a preaching word. And then we break. When we break, we go out into different crews and do different things for the ministry. Um, our church and ministry has a food pantry now called The Basket where we serve 150 to 300 families every Wednesday. Wow. So they get to partake in that. Where, where is it? It's, and if someone wants to get involved to volunteer, is that something that's available? Yeah, and absolutely. if so, how would they get in touch? Yes. Um, so carecenterms.org okay. is our website. Say it one more time. Carecenterms.org. Um, there's and a is it on Facebook? It is on Facebook, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, um, yeah, so we have we started with the race program for men. Um Okay, so we go out and do different things during the day. I guess I'll finish what, this. What does that look like? Um, we have cottage industry work. So cottage industry work is landscaping, power washing, temp labor, um, any kind of th- any kind of work that will help bring finances into the ministry, but it also teaches our men a good work ethic. 90% of the guys who come in don't have a good work ethic, sure. haven't been 
taught how to work or anything. And so what it does is we get to serve the community. And since we're a 501c3 nonprofit, we don't depend on the government. Everything that comes in just really opens a way for other men to come in because you don't have to pay anything to come in and, and get these services. And so we do those things, but it teaches God good work ethic. That's what that Absolutely. way they can be different, which is unbelievably important for yeah. someone just getting sober. Yeah. I mean, it's important for a, everybody. It, absolutely. But especially developing strong patterns and routines in early recovery is, is unbelievable. It was unbelievably important for me. I can say that. So, so if somebody, so you would take your guys and uh, you would do a job for, uh, you would do a, say a, p- a pressure washing job. So would, would the customer then pay the um, care center ministries uh, as like a donation type of thing? No, it would be as a temp labor. It'd be more. Okay. Yeah. And so it'd be separate. Y'all okay. bid, y'all bid out the, bid the work. Out. Okay. Okay. So if somebody wanted to hire you guys for that, they could reach out Absolutely. again. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot of work. We do a lot of things. We do our landscaping. We have 120 properties. Wow. What it does is that it's actually another ministry in itself. Not only is it twofold, it, it helps the ministry and helps the guys, but also we engage with the community. Um, we find family family members that need prayer, different people who need to be engaged with, the, with our ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just expands the ministry as a whole. I love it. It's just you're, you're hitting all the angles of what somebody needs in early, early sobriety is they, they need structure. They need support. They need, you know, this beautiful. I love, I absolutely love what you're doing. The, the, the analog to the, the to the city of refuge, the way it, it works is you, you, know, you get there and for the first month you're on kind of probationary period or so. You don't really go to work. But then after that first month, you're assigned a specific task in the machinery of the ministry. So they sold, you know, made and sold crosses. And I think that has expanded to, you know, they have a CNC, a couple CNC machines that make those plaques. And and either uh, are in the mill, like I ran the mill. Nice. And it's like, what do I know about a table saw? (laughs) I mean, I know not to get my fingers cut off, but beyond that, not much. But you do now. Yeah, Yeah. I do now. Um, And so it, you're exactly right. Having that skill and having a mission, it builds teamwork and it provides for a reintroducing, yeah. a reintroduction back into society. Right. What a great story you've got, man. Yeah. Bank robbery. <laughs> yeah. And, and just like you said, um, you know, so we teach the guys everything that we teach them, like faithfulness, being submitted to authority, integrity, work ethic. It, that's a platform to, you know, to grow in that when they, when we take them out on cruise, you can see the development, you can teach them as you're, as you're, as they're learning a different, you know, work ethic, different thing. And so, um, that's what it does. And then it helps navigate, you know, where a guy's struggling, you can see that too. And so instead of just pouring into them and letting them be confined, you know, and I've been to a couple of places where it's just about reading books and just talking about your stuff and that wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. You know, I needed to move and groove. I needed you know, do hands on, and I needed to be. I needed to be stretched too. I needed a good work ethic. You know, my mind wasn't nowhere in that integrity, honesty. I didn't know all that stuff. Right, I didn't and know so, what those words were. Yeah, well, the greatest thing that was ever given to me was that discipleship portion um, of being at Care Center. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. So, what is what is? Um, so, do you guys have a full time staff right now? And, and and I don't know why, but something popped up when you said they they eat. 
so is, is all the food taken care of? Do you, or do your guys, is there a, a sector of your guys that actually are cooks or do you bring someone in to, yeah, to cater it? Yeah, that's a part of the discipleship. So that's we part rotate, of it. We rotate guys in, in responsibilities, house cleaning, um, just whatever it is. We have nine p.m. chores. We have chores throughout the day. A house crew keeps the house going and stuff, and so they cook laundry and that. We also have a women's discipleship program. I don't know if you guys knew. Tell so us about just, that. Yeah, so we just launched it a few months ago um, called the Tree of Life. It's the same thing but for women. Okay. Uh, we're actually filling up. I think we've got our eighth resident in the house right now. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so can you? Can the women bring? A child or yeah, is a good question? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I think one of our locations does. There's some, you know, regulations and stipulations you want to do to make sure we're covered on that. And so not yet, but yeah. We That's look, something we in the yeah. works. All right. So, so you guys have for the, for the men, you have one house and for the women, you have one house or is it like a, like a, a an office building or what, what is that? Yeah. What are the accommodations look like? Surely they're not in the same. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're, yeah, they're, no, they're separated for. Yeah, so we can <laughs> different zip code. <laughs> uh, the men's home is a seven bedroom house uh, that we were able to purchase. We rented it. So when we started the ministry, um, I raised ten thousand dollars out of van and a word from God, and so that's how it all started. But God moved immediately in less than a week in this house that we rented off Northside Drive near Fifty Five. We were filling up. We had like twelve guys in less than wow. a week in the house. Uh, now we're we're blessed to be able to own. We own that house, remodeled it. It is a seven bedroom house. The women have a house off Ridgewood near Eastover, which they're blessed. Um, so we're keeping them in a good little area. Um, but we do have a property coming up. Um, it used to be a ministry, and they're dissolving. And they came to us and um, extended it to us at a very uh, low cost. And so we're looking to purchase it, which. We'll be able to hold like 40, 50 men if we get Whoa. So we got vision and hope in that. We do have a church now off President Street. We launched that a little over a year and a half ago. What's Hilltop, that called? Hilltop Church of Jackson. Hilltop Church. Mm-hmm. All right. And where is that if somebody wants to come check it's it out? 785 North President Street. 785 North President Street. Street. And that's or Jackson. Hilltop Church Jackson on Facebook. You can watch it. Okay. Live. Okay. That's awesome. North President. So that's over there by a George Street. It's in between Fortification and High Street, mm-hmm. two blocks from the north side of the Capitol, right behind uh, the 809 or Magnolia Towers. Yeah. State Street. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. And so the, the program for the women is similar to the men. They, they have all the same responsibilities. Do they do? Cottage industry. They do cleaning. Yeah, okay. So they do house oh, great. Cleaning, great. Business cleaning. Okay. So How is that going so it's far? It's going good. They've yeah. got some contracts already. And they're okay. Going. And we also, one thing we do once a week, we try to do it once a week or continually, blessing jobs. So our landscaping, about 15% of them are like widows or veterans. We do it for free. Wow. And then the cleaning too. And so that yesterday, or the day before yesterday, they did a cleaning job to a lady who's in ministry but elderly, couldn't keep her house up. So we go and just bless. And we teach the residents how to give back. I was a taker, and so we teach them how to give back. And that kind of, um, that does something special. Right. It does something special inside of your heart when you can see the joy on someone's life by giving back. You don't have to take your whole yeah, life. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And also, uh, listener, um, Care Center Ministries, if you go to um, recovery resources on recoverylabllc.com, Care Center Ministries is listed there. So you can also get in, talk, in contact with them there. And I'll go ahead after we're, uh, after we're done here, I will update that um, – with um, how they can get in touch with uh, t- to get work done, to get their house clean, whatever, whatever you want, just your number or you want yeah, them to email. 
Okay. It's on, on the website. They have all that. Okay. So all of that, you, and you can find that. That's all linked on uh, recoverylabllc.com. So that's pretty exciting. That's, I mean, that's, you're just doing great work. And it's, it's, it's abundantly clear that you were at a point where um, there was nothing left. And, um, and, and you had a, a willingness, a desire to do something different, to do something better. And it feels like, and it sounds like to me that it was at that point that God met you right there and said, okay, look, I see your willingness. I see that you're ready to do something different. Let me take you by the hand and show you how we're going to do this. And you have just, you have followed what he has done beautifully into the T and he is blessing you unbelievably because you're doing outrageously wonderful work. And it's truly amazing that someone with absolutely nothing with do you have felonies? Do you have right now? Yeah, or, or everything in, in general. Everything's yeah. clear everything's now. I go back in the jails now every couple of weeks. Okay, Rankin County Jail. And well, what I'm getting at is somebody that has a, a history with yeah. with crime and and drugs, and th- there's there's never a point if you're if you're above ground. There's never a point where it's too far gone. There's never a point where I don't care what your finances are. If you don't have money for long-term treatment, that's fine. There's always going to be options. And you stepped into that spot right there to be able to help those that, that are literally at the end of their rope. So I want to encourage listeners and, and, and help them to remember that no matter where you are, no matter how far down you have gone, if you have a willingness to change and to do something different, just just the smallest, the smallest desire to, to, okay, I'm at a point, I've got to change something. If you get to that point, God will take the, God will do the rest. God will take you by the hand and he will lead you and he will help you to, to, to become the person that you are supposed to be in his eyes. So just kudos to you. I think it's just absolutely, it's, it, it just gives me tingles that, that you're doing these things. I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. And I wish there was more things like this out there. So there are a lot Uh, so i was in the recovery world for 20 years and then when things got really bad for me and i needed somewhere to go i did not even know there were faith-based treatment centers yeah in the faith-based world they generally don't call them treatment centers they generally call them discipleship programs but same thing right and it blew my mind uh so a little brief story here i I should i should mention this so my wife talked about going and getting frozen yogurt all the time and it was her favorite thing and she recognized you and said your mama was very sweet she had a bunch (laughs) of yogurt stores yeah uh anyway uh we talked about it right before i came here so Kimberly, I remembered. <laughs> anyway, so my wife and I got whisked away and dumped on these faith-based treatment. Uh, you know, I went to where I went. She went to where she went. And it opened my eyes to the world of faith-based treatment centers. There are a lot of them out there. And listen, y'all, they are usually free or they don't cost as much as regular treatment does. Right, right. And they're doing the Lord's work, and they really do work. And they really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I went to the city of refuge, I promise you, there wasn't a single bit of me that was interested in hearing anything they had to say. What did Drew want? Somewhere to sleep. Right. Something to eat. Right. I, you know, I was like you. I had exhausted 
my family and friends and nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody was going to answer the telephone. My parents wouldn't let me back in their house. I mean, I mean, I'd been a bad person doing bad things and that's what happens. Toxic. Toxic. So the faith-based world is really doing wonderful things and I want more people to know about it. Yeah. South Mississippi has got a ton of them that Jacob's well, I think is in the Delta. Um, there's a, a, a great place in Vicksburg called beautiful deliverance. She's a very sweet lady. I can't remember her name. It's cap. I think, uh, anyway, we've talked a lot, a lot to Daniel who runs care centers. I want to talk to Daniel, personal man in recovery. How do you a man with faith, a man with belief, how do you deal with the daily struggles of doubt? How do you deal with the daily struggles of life? Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do to, to maintain your own stability, your own sanity. Yeah, well, that's a really good question. Yeah, and so I know we all wrestle, and um, that's a daily thing. I stay connected. I mean, it's just like a charger or anything. Um, if it's not plugged into the source, um, it'll you know there's no power. Um, it'll eventually run out or run What dry. do you do? that you can say in your mind, I check the box of staying plugged in. Um, So I get in my word every day. I'm alone time with the Lord. I know how crucial, important that is. Um, Billy Graham has a quote. If he misses one day of time with the Lord or prayer, he will know two days his family know three days the whole world will know. And so I stay connected. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Stay connected. That's everything that I that I see and that I'm a part of um, is from Him. So pulling away would just wouldn't be right. So um, when you say get in the Word, let's just let's let's lay it all out for somebody that doesn't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. What 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 does that look like? Does that does that look like specifics? Uh, Ten to fifteen minutes, thirty minutes yeah, so of quiet time reading. What does that look like exactly? So it's different daily. Okay. Um, yeah, I get up early in the morning. What time um, do you get up? It depends. Normally, 4.35. Okay. Um, and I'll get my coffee, and I'll open my Word, and either get back in my bed or at my office, and I'll just sit there. And, and quiet. Sometimes I read a lot. Sometimes I'm just there with them. Sometimes it's just a little bit, but I'm just acknowledging him with my with my first portion of the day. My first portion of the day. Then throughout the day. Emotional I'll, tithing. Yeah. Emotional tithing. Alms. Everything. Yeah. Giving, yeah, giving back to him. Um, he's given me so much. Uh the rest of the day, I'm connected with people who are walking in the body of Christ. I'm not separated from the world. I love the world, but I don't connect with the world and base my counsel on the world or my hope that's of the world. Or your but, worth. I, but I extend myself to the poor. I extend myself to the broken and the lost. And so, uh, but the the body around me, the body of Christ around me, I keep um, always listening to worship music. Always listening to sermons. What I'm a huge fan of worship music. What do you like? Who do you like? So many. Um, I like, yeah, Maverick City. I like um, yeah. Red Rocks, Hillsong. Um, yeah, I like I like all of it. Okay. I mix it up. Do you have a go-to that is meaningful for you right now? No, I don't. I, I mix it up. I mix it up. All, yeah. yep. all right. That's fair enough. All right, so... You're connected throughout the day. So you've you've woken up, you've got your coffee, you had your quiet time. What's next? What does Daniel do after that? After you've you've established your connection with God in the morning, what's next? What is it? What do you do? Well, depending on the day, so I do teach at the men's and women's home once in the morning uh, at the men's home, once at the women's home in the morning, and then also we have a Wednesday night service at church, uh, Sunday service at church. I had service today, 
And so just left there, went to my mom's and came here. Um, we have so when you teach, sorry to interrupt, but I want to get, I want to get all the details. So when you teach, what do you have a, um, uh, like a book that you like, obviously it's based in the Bible, but do you have like a, a, like a discipleship book that you go through that has like things outlined or do you just kind of read, uh, something in the Bible and something speaks to you? You talk about that. What, what does that structure look like when you're teaching with the men and women every morning? We have both. And so Monday through Friday, they do have a different curriculum that we go through and we teach them like wilderness mentality is one. Okay. Uh, one of them spiritual authority. Um, we are going through the armor bearer. So it's just how okay. to undergird people. Um, and then in the mornings, I just go, I get in my word and hear from the Lord and then you know deliver a word that I feel is needed um, for the audience that's there. Okay. I mean, so so we on Wednesday we do the food pantry, which is a big day. I mean, we pick up two to ten thousand pounds of food every Wednesday. Whoa! To break it down, pack it, and then distribute it to um, the people. Where do you get the food? Right from Costco and Sam's and the Mississippi. Oh, y'all buy it? No, they donate it. Wow! They donate it. I wonder if the cleaners is mad at you. (laughs) Yeah, are they? Is that sure? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's that's awesome that, that they're doing that. I mean, that's. So it's, it's just, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It's just stuff that would be... Especially with the price of eggs lately. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> have you bought eggs recently? It's ridiculous. I have not. Yeah. Look, I was at Kroger checking out, and I told the lady, I said, look, I don't I think that's right. She said, no, honey, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I sold my truck to get an 18-pack of eggs, unfortunately. Sorry, Cliff. But, yeah, that's... Uh, all right, so so you've got... Um, you, you teach in the morning. Let's Let's continue this. So you teach in the morning. The men first, women first, women first, men first. Uh, it's different. I think uh, Mondays I go to the men's home, okay. uh, the race program, and on Thursdays I go to the Tree of Life in, okay. the, mor- in the morning. So you wrap that up. Do you talk with folks after yeah, it? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, engage with the, with the men and the women. Okay. Just, Make yeah, yourself available. available. I'm available. My phone number is on everything. My uh, email is on everything right now, and so I receive all phone calls, all emails. Um, however, we do have a church body now, so I'm connected with them. We do corporate uh, prayer on Friday mornings at nine. So we do community prayer at the church. Okay. And then I'm also a husband. I'm married now a little over a year and I have five yeah, children. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations. So I'm a full-time dad and I'm a full-time student in school. I'm in my last year at theology school. So. Get out of here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where are you going? Are you going? It's, to- it's out of California, online okay. SUM. Okay. SUM. Awesome. 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 All right, cool. So how is that? Is that taxing? It is. It can be. So, but by the grace of God and, and, you know, just growing and never, never going back. So I put, I look, I put it this way on my worst day when I feel in my flesh, my phone's ringing, emails are coming in. I, could, I always go back. I could be in a prison box doing life in prison, right. dying for one phone call or one phone in my hand. So right. God, I'm thank you for everything yes. that's taking place. And Get so I go back centered. to gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so usually that type of attitude makes everything else dissolve around me. Absolutely. I, it's it's tough to preface how I want to ask the next question. So not trying to get you to talk about some horrible life problem, but when life problems arise, what is the formula that you apply to get over those life problems? Um, like I want to know this and I know other people will want to know. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. For, you know, I think, to have spiritual maturity, to, to be mature in this, I think the first place we need to go, and not saying I do it every time, is the Lord. I think if, if something happens, um, even if it's a mistake on my part or, you know, relationship between husband and wife or something with the kids or unexpected, 
I feel like the Lord needs to be honored in that place. I feel we need to take it to him. Uh, but second, I go to my counsel, my pastor who started the ministry. And so he's a father figure to me. He's my spiritual father. And we're on a, a very good level where you can call and be fully transparent. He's my go-to on everything. In struggles, he's my go-to in advice. And so I just lay it before him and then get good counsel with that. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. That's but great. it takes a minute to be able to build that network. You know, you've got to plug in. Yeah. You've got to plug in. You've got to try. You got to sit down. You got to sit and be down. willing to talk to somebody. Yeah, and tell them. I mean, I'm just you know running through my head how I need to apply some of these things in my own life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. That's awesome. All right. Um, all right. So we're, we've done the jumping back in here. I'm I'm very detail oriented today because I want I want to get. I want to get all of this. So we've, we woke up, we had our quiet time in the morning. Uh, we spoke with the men and women at their respective houses. What's next? Um, school, it depends on the day. I mean, I do, yeah, school, work, it depends on the day, you know, school work, uh, homework. I, I, I'm in school on Tuesday all day and I have a class on Monday, but in the in-between time, I have to do reading, I have to do my homework papers and, and stuff like that, or engage with did you go to seminary because you felt called to do that? Or is that, is that going to allow you to do something that you can't do now? No, it's not going to allow me to do anything that I can't do now. Uh, it'll definitely sharpen your edges. And, and so I, I don't, I'm not, knowledge is, is, the Bible says it's puffed up, but it is. You, you're more confident when you know more. I feel you're more confident, but I feel like it's the relationship with God. So it's not knowledge that draws you close to God. It's the relationship um, really, my pastor, he called me one day. He's like, man, I was praying for you one morning. I think you need to go to SUM. And so the next day, I'm, I'm a yes, sir guy now. And so I was like, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Figured it out and got in. And so here I go. I'm, uh, my last year. Two more. After this trimester, I have two more trimesters and I'll graduate. How long have you been doing it so far? Um, this is my third year. Third year. I have a wow. bachelor's in theology. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. All right. So, uh, and then lunch. Do you eat lunch by yourself? Do you eat lunch with your wife? Do you eat lunch with the men and women what does that look like it's, it's different yeah okay usually at home okay at home. all right i love eating food at home with my wife yeah. yeah no doubt no doubt okay so you've got lunch taken care of you've got uh what comes after lunch uh depending on what's going on with the kids coming home or if they got an activity and again you've got five kids I've got five kids yeah but only one live at my house okay uh three of them live with my brother they were with my brother when i went into the ministry okay and so we with cliff with cliff mm-hmm. So we kind of, everybody was on agreement. Everybody understood what God was doing. And they, um, by the grace of God, just we came as a team and, and agreed on it. So he's had his door open and supported them. Now we're doing it as a as a whole family. My grandmother, me and my mom, which is their grandmother, we're all doing it. But they're there. They're getting older, about to graduate high school. And so they're comfortable there. But they're with me right now for the weekend. They come awesome. on the weekends. And, and That's so, awesome. All right, so you've got that taken care of. What's your mid-afternoons look like on average? Uh, I do go to the gym probably okay. four or five times a week. That's my getaway. That's my time to decompress. I love just staying active. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, there's classes at night at the men's and women's home. And so either if I'm not there pouring into them, I'm just helping going through the schedule of what's happening next week, what are we doing, who's teaching class, just engage with the um, the leaders, the men's home, the women's home director. Uh, right. Okay. Who Who teaches the classes for you? We have different people. Um, on Tuesday night, we the men's and women's home watched the Dallas Hilltop Church sermon that they preached on Sunday. That way they can oh, kind great. of stay in tune with what Dallas is doing. 
um, on Monday. Um, I'll either go in and preach or each home director um, will share the word. On Thursday, well, Monday the, the ladies have a, another lady come in. Um, she comes to our church and teaches them a class. On Thursday, they watch a video. And then Friday, we do Overcomers at the church, which is like Celebrate Recovery, but we hold it at our church and it's open to the public. Oh, great. And that Saturday's what time? Uh, Friday's night. Yeah, Friday night. 6.30 to 7.30. 30. to 7.30. Okay. And anybody can come to that? Yep. Okay. Wide open. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. All right. So, um, man, you've just got a lot going on. All right. So, uh, you go to the gym four to five times a week. Uh, you mentioned uh, the director of the houses. Are the, the directors of the house, did you just have one? Are, are they someone that has gone through the program and graduated? What does that look like? Yep. So are Pastor, they on payroll, or how does that how does that work? Yep. So Pastor Sierra, uh, she's been with the ministry six years, but right. she started off at the Mountain Home. She came in there addicted. She has an amazing testament, amazing story, if you guys ever want to talk to her. But okay. Yeah, so her life got transformed at Care Center in Mountain Home, Arkansas. She went through the academy, which is a two-year extension, um, got an associate's degree in international studies and ministry, which we provide through our ministry. Wow. And then um, got out, stayed on staff, and then God spoke to her and put a burden in her heart for Jackson. And so we launched the Tree of Life just a few months ago. She moved down here, and she's headed up. She is a staff. She is a pastoral staff. Mm -hmm. Brad on, at the men's home, he's in his last trimester um, in the academy, and so he's still a intern, which an intern there. And so in a month or so, he'll graduate, and he's running that up. And then and so in the men and women's home, I don't think I mentioned this, at six to nine-month mark, they have two options. They can go in the workforce and start working. And so we'll connect them with a job with a company like Miskelly's Furniture or CI Autoplex or different places. We can kind of gauge how they're doing in the first six months, how we're going to connect them in the community. If not, they can find their own job. But they start working and saving their money to graduate. They have to have a minimum of $1,500 saved up before they graduate. We'll help them graduate, do our best to bless them with furniture or however to transition them. But we still hope that they stay connected somehow in the body. Right. Or the men or women at the six to nine months mark, if they feel called to ministry, can go into the internship program, which is a two-year extension, the Academy of Inner City Missions, and they get – um, certified to be an inner city missionary, and they get an associate's degree in international studies ministry. That's what I did. That's what Piash, uh, Pastor Sierra did. Brad, and we have others that are uh, that do that. That's, That's how our other locations, you know, what multiply. And I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this. It don't don't hate me. Don't hate me, everyone. But I, I just feel completely. I'm I'm blown away to hear that that Cliff will will uh, bring those folks on and give them a job. And I just want to say this, I bought four cars from Cliff. Um, each and every one was an absolutely amazing experience. So if you're in the market for a car or a truck, go check out Cliff at, at uh, CIA Autoplex there in Gluckstadt there. You will not be let down. So I had to say that. Yeah, Thanks Cliff. Yep. He's a, yeah, he's a good blessing. dude. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So what are we, what are we missing here? What do we like? Are we lacking anything? No, I'm, I'm enjoying. Yeah, me too. Hearing me too. all this, we've got a few more minutes. Was there anything else that we wanted to talk about? A dive in, get a deeper understanding of anything like that. Was there anything that you would like to talk about or plug or anything like that that's going on? No, I, just, I really liked your heart sharing to anyone out there. There, there. You know, if, if you're at that point and and um, you know you need, I know for 22 years I just I was in myself. I wanted to figure it out on my own. You know, I and how that work? I, I remember <laughs> if I if I did get to the point where I wanted help, I remember I used to call and I wanted to conform the help. Like how many days? The first question is how many days is it? Or do you have this? Or what? You know, instead of here I am, just have your way. I need change. And so I feel like if we let go of ourselves, let go of that pride, and just trust God in it, 
um, that's where the miracle takes place. That's where we truly become who we are. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I liken it to uh, there's a, a, a amazing woman. Uh, her name is Denise. That um, She's a support. She was actually on uh, Drew interviewed her. Um, but she said a long time ago um, that she was talking about God and and um, and what what uh, her relationship with God was like. And um, she she spoke about how she visualizes and 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 thinks about God as and our journey as uh, someone paddling down the river or, or trying to in an inner tube on a river. Right. So we're 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 just we're struggling we're trying to go upstream we're trying to do it our own you know all everything on our own we don't want to ask for help we 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 can do this and we're just struggling and we're just struggling we're just struggling we're just paddling and paddling and we're not getting anywhere and it's that exact moment when you lift up your arms and you you say okay god i cannot do this anymore i'm not getting anywhere and guess what happens when you lift up your arms you go down the river and everything is beautiful so that was, and, and this was like probably 12 years ago that she said that. And, and to this day, I still remember that. So when I'm struggling, when I'm, you know, trying to, when I'm getting, you know, really tensed up and thinking I, Denise's words go through my head, just, just stop paddling and lift up your arms and let God do this. And, and God will, will guide you down that river. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I, I think what you are doing is, um, I mean, to say it's God's work is, is a gross understatement. I mean, it's just, and it, and it appears as though it's helping you and it's helping countless other people. So what does, this is one question that I definitely wanted to ask. So what you, you mentioned the, um, is, is the program in Dallas for you was a year? Is that right? Is it the same with your program here in Mississippi? What is the, and, and the six to nine months they can, um, they can start working. What do they do for the first six to nine months that they're with you? Yeah, the first to six to nine months is called first phase, and that's where really it's about the individual um, healing, um, coming to themselves, building that firm foundation, right. kind of reparenting at the same time, just allowing us to have that Christ-like character and to grow. It's a safe place. I mean, you're not, no one's perfect when they come in. Right. And so, but it is an opportunity where you're held accountable. That way you'll see, okay, well, maybe I need to shift this. There's a lot of ministry that takes place. And so it's just that person coming into themselves. And so at the six to nine month mark, uh, it's their decision. However, you know, they feel led by the Lord to either go in the workforce or into the academy. And so I did the, the, God spoke to me pretty early. I went in the academy, but I told God, I was real clear. I said, cause I knew my, my whole thing was, I got to get a job. I got to fix this. I was the, I got a guy. Right. I had to get it, you know, figure it out. And this time I was like, God, I'm not going to work and I'm not going into the ministry for sure. I was like, for sure. I'm not going to the ministry unless you tell me. And then he confirmed it. And so I just went to the internship, stayed three years. You, left up, you, you yep. lifted up those arms. Yep. And God kind of took you down the river. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if the guys that live in the cares are going to listen to this, but if they do, I hope that they sit back and recognize the blessing of the opportunity there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's tough when you're in that moment because sure, sure, you've sure. got the heat on you because, you know, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. And you know you did it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you let's know be you're perfect. guilty. Yeah. Yeah. The, the world can be real heavy at that it, point. I wish that I had... I look back at my time at the city of refuge and I think, gosh, how fortunate was I for that experience mm -hmm. really? And I'm so grateful for it. And I hope that, I hope those guys recognize the, yeah. 
the opportunities they have. Because, look, this is not not an exaggeration. I can think of, without a lot of effort, five or six guys that I was at the city of refuge with that are dead. Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to, I was just going to say that. And I, I like what you said. I tell the guys, this is a blessed opportunity a laid out. Never have to go back. You won't realize how life, good it opportunity. was. And it's, and I like to say it, you know, we have to say program and we have to have structure for the court, but it's more about you and God. It's, it's the, it's a reality of like, you're going to live in sin, continue to walk your own way. Or you're going to trust this God who has this, beautiful life for you. He's going to create your identity. All those things are going to take place. But yeah, since 2016 to now, there's been about 20 people that I know in and out of the ministry um, who are now dead. It's either suicide, overdose, right. whatever have died. And so look, we've had, I know of two or three guys that OD'd one guy and he was this uh, good looking kid, but you know, he'd had a tough life, but I mean, he looked I mean, he, he was, he was charming and everybody, everybody liked him and he was pleasant and he apparently acted a donkey outside a bar and somebody shot him, Yeah, you know, and I don't know that, I mean, I'm sure drugs or alcohol played some role in it, but you know, he was somewhere he shouldn't have been doing things he shouldn't have been doing. And, and we don't have to live that way anymore. It's tough. It's tough to recognize when you're in the throes of sin or addiction when you're being offered a genuine off ramp, like this is a different direction your life can take. And those guys that cares or the women that cares too, are being offered an unbelievable opportunity Mm -hmm. and to be able to seize that moment and just focus on their relationship with God is a beautiful thing. And that y'all can provide it for free. And it's, it's beautiful. It really is pretty incredible. All right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate everything you guys do. Yeah, thank man. You. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for coming on. Um, guys, uh, again, if you want to check out, uh, you can you can check them out on Facebook. Uh, we are also linked to them in our uh, recovery resources at uh, recoverylabllc.com. Um, and man, we're just, we're grateful that you were able to come and, and uh, talk with us and you're doing great Giving work. of your time. Absolutely. I mean, you don't appear to have that much free time <laughs> <laughs> that you carved out an yeah. hour and a half for us today, yeah. man. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you, sir.